My name is Vijay Birput and I've beaten the often bet by having long-term goals and never give up. Welcome back to the Beat the Often Path podcast, the show where we feature unusual success stories to help us get unstuck and see our life's work from a new perspective, help us get out of that rut that we're in. Are your goals big enough? Are you chasing after something that you could consider your life's work? Or are you, like me, still searching for that unique combination of awesomeness, your ikigai, if you will? Well, stay tuned either way, because today's guest is Vijay Baraput, a man who is a composer for Disney and some major motion pictures. We'll talk about how he set the right goals and chased them down with relentless persistence, setting his targets in spans of 20 years, not 20 days. It's such excellent stuff for someone who's as impatient as me. His story is nothing short of remarkable. He packed up and moved to LA with a dream, and now he's making that very big dream a very big reality. So here is world-class composer Vijay Baraput. Welcome to the podcast, Vijay. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So you have been doing a lot of really cool stuff. I've been watching what you've been doing from afar, and it's really interesting, and it just seems to be growing on Instagram, all these other things. So tell us a little bit about what it is that you're exactly doing. What's your career arc, if you will? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm a composer. I make music for uh, movies and TV shows. And I'm in uh, Los Angeles right now uh, for about 11 years. Um, I grew up in Holland. I was actually adopted from India when I was a baby, oh. uh, when I was a few weeks old. Uh, and then I grew up in the, in the Netherlands. I started in the theater world when I was like uh, very young and I was always in elementary school. I was always creative, making mm. like, I love drawing and do all kinds of stuff. And then, uh, and then I made it into a, like a serious career and that's why I'm here now. Wow, okay. So did you always know that you wanted to be a composer? Was that something that was always in the back of your mind? I always, when I was very young, my, my parents uh, had a like an old organ in, in, in the living room. So I was always like kind of uh, trying to, <laughs> to create some sound out of that, some music. Um, so I took some piano lessons and um, um, I, when I was about like four or five, I remember that I was looking at uh, movies like you know Hollywood movies at the time, and I was like, yeah, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna do that. I wanna be in Hollywood. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I, th I thought at the time I was like thinking of acting maybe. Okay. Uh, and I was like acting also in elementary school. I was writing plays. I was just like this weird kid that they had to. <laughs> I had to really misfit. Yeah, I, I was always like doing um, you know creative things, and then and then we had all those breaks. But I wouldn't want to go outside to play with all the other kids. I was just just writing you know plays and and drawing and things. And then at some point, the teachers had me had me had to force me to get. I had to get a break, which I <laughs> right. So uh, so I didn't know. I was always working. Like I was always playing music. I was always playing in bands. Then when I was a little older, I was just doing a lot of uh, playing in orchestras, classical orchestras and jazz. So, and then that with the theater, uh, I started to act on the stage when I was a kid. And I really just love the creative process of, um, you know, making something together. And then later when I, uh, after high school, I um, 
Well, first of all, when I was in high school, I was about 17 years old, and then I got really sick. I got uh, I had I got uh, meningitis, so it was pretty serious. And um, but luckily, I I got out of that like super healthy, which is kind of a miracle in itself. Because mm. I was in the hospital for for a very long time, and it wasn't wasn't good. And that experience definitely changed my look on, I would say, life. Uh, and after that. I was still in high school. I was like, "Oh, maybe I should become a doctor because, they, you know, they 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 saved me uh, or they they made me better." And then I want to do something back. And then uh, I also considered seriously considered uh, space engineering, which is something very different. Uh, in Holland, Holland has a really good university that has a really great program, and a few of my my friends uh, actually went on and 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 um, to do that program. And That's I was amazing. seriously considering it. And then I thought, you know what? At that time, uh, by the end of high school, I was already doing so much music for, for, for theater at that time. And then, you know, playing in, in bands, I had my own band and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, you know what? I, I think I just need to do what I really love. And so I made a really conscious, a conscious decision uh, to pursue that career, but I also knew that okay, I'm, if I'm gonna do that, I'm just gonna have to do it like hundred percent, like a thousand percent. All in, yeah. Um, so then I went to uh, study in Utrecht in Holland for about <clears throat> four or five years uh, for my masters, and during that program, I started to uh, develop my love for film um, because at the time when I when I started. Uh, that program in uh, year 2000 that was basically the only program that had you know you could do something with composition and music other than like going to conservatory and I didn't want to spend my whole time my whole life on, on one instrument like the piano what was the program called? Uh, it's called a music technology music technology uh, at Ooh. the time but the time changed that. it that was what I was yeah. looking for yeah that would have been what I wanted yeah it was it was really great because I and it was the only uh, only course that uh, you know had 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 like something to do with like composing music for theater, dance, uh, installations like art installations, and also uh, like film and sound design, all kinds of things. So it's kind of like a broad program. So I'm very happy that I did that. But then after that. Uh, I already worked while I was uh, in um, uh, like at that school. I didn't want to wait for in, to intern at my in my third year, so I started doing that in my first year, and then that led, led to a lot of things. So by the end, when I graduated there, I already was like super busy, and I always had this thought about LA, about Hollywood, mm-hmm. and because I was so busy, that kind of faded a little bit back to the background, and then. I worked for a few years in Holland. I did like movies and TV shows and all that kind of stuff. And then I soon, like I realized that, well, you know what? If I'm going to pursue a career into being a composer for film, because at that point I was like, yeah, this is what I really want to do. Then I have to change something. Because the, the reason is that when I started in the theater world, I love I love working with people. I'm very social. I really love uh, creating something together. And in the theater world, as a composer, 
then you're kind of like parting part of the um, creation process. So you're of kind of making everything together. Um, with the film in the film world, it's a little bit different. It's more technical, and you as a composer, you come like later in the in the process, and you don't even you know meet all the the people in at the production. It's all post production. So I thought, well, if I'm going to be a film composer, if I'm going to stay in Europe or at least Holland, the industry is is pretty small and. That also means that the budgets are lower, and that also means that because the budgets are lower, it's I wouldn't be able to hire a whole team of people that I can work with, like in the theater world, like mm-hmm. I have my own team and work with musicians and orchestras and all that kind of stuff, and that with the things I really love, mm-hmm. because it can be really lonely. And I was like, well, if I'm gonna stay here in Holland and do this, pursue this career, what's gonna happen is I'm gonna end up like sitting in my well, bedroom, <laughs> like basically, uh, or my studio, and then like isolated from the rest of the world, make my music, everything, you know, at home, and then send it out, and that's it, and then move on to the next. next that's thing. the that's the curse of content creators around the world right now. We're exactly, all, we're yeah. all isolated in our little studios. They're all <laughs> we've got our video cameras, we've got our yep. audio speakers. We're all so full alone. circle, right? Like, yes, yeah, it no. is. It is. <laughs> So I, I thought I, I need to uh, I need to learn how to write for orchestra and uh, because you know when I made this conscious decisions uh, decision when uh, that I wanted to do this pers- uh, career uh, I thought well I'm only going to aim for the best because auto, it's already going to be too hard to actually do this. Um, so my only for me my like my only option was like okay I'm just gonna aim for the best I can possibly you know achieve uh, and and I mean that's that's basically being here so that's why I came here to study at USC um, they have a great program for music uh, for film scoring and I stayed here and that's like 11, 11 years ago. Hold up, hey. Just kidding. I'm not going to do that. But I did it, so that's kind of weird. Anyways, we're going to take a little break from the program right now, and we're going to remind you that if you like this podcast, it's time to support it, folks. Leave five stars on Apple Podcasts. Write a nice review. Support it where you find it. Like, share, comment, subscribe. Do all of the things that will help it grow. Contribute. If you know somebody who has an unusual success story, recommend them to be a guest on the podcast. Or if you have an unusual success story, reach out so that you can be on the podcast. Otherwise, I would just love to hear from you. Help me grow this podcast with you guys. I would really, really appreciate it. So again, no big speech. We're not going to do anything too crazy. Back to the show. How old were you when you went to the USC program? 28. 28. Okay, so a bit later. And there was a gap, obviously, between your studies, between your going to music technology and USC, right? Or was that, were they right on top of each other? No. um, So I I graduated in uh, 2005. Uh, from Utrecht. Then I worked for a couple of years. Okay. And then I came. I I came here. So so then I always because I was always busy and I had a pretty nice life. I was living in Harlem next to Amsterdam, and I had a nice house. I had a, friends. Uh, I had uh, work, and was close to family. So everything was going pretty well. 
and then but still some somewhere in my in the back of my mind it was like yeah there's, there's more there's can do there's more. something more yeah it, does, it can do more, you can be more but i can't do it here and then the financial crisis hit in 20, uh, 2008 and that was the first time that i didn't have uh, that i didn't have much work and i thought well you know what i'll just go to la just i never i was never you know i've never visited before so I thought, let's just check it out and see if this is a city I can, I could live in. So I went there, for, like for all my savings, I booked a trip. Uh, I didn't really know anyone, so I I, I came here for. Uh, this was in two thousand nine. I came here or two thousand yeah two thousand nine. I came here for three months, just looked around and I was like, you know, yeah, I th- I think I could I could live here, and mm. then. Then I, I went back to Holland. It was still uh, kind of quiet with work. And I, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And then I thought, well, how am I going to do it? Because some, you, know, you can just move there. But I thought, well, I'm just going to do this program. And actually, it was the perfect age. Because I already had this background and experience and the basic understanding of you know, techn- technical understanding and all that kind of stuff. So by doing that program, we had like, uh, we were... We, with, with 20 people, and some people uh, in my class, they had never basically touched a computer. They were just only pencil, pa- like uh, write on paper. They come from Broadway. Oh, wow. So for them, you know, they had to learn about lo- like Logic or Pro Tools or something like that, like the, the, the music software. Um, for me, it was like the opposite. I, I wanted to learn how to write for orchestra. I knew already. Old school. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, it was and it was great because you know we could help each other and um, and at that time, twenty eight, I really knew what my gaps were in my music education. So I was I, I went there with a really clear vision of like oh, this is what I want to learn, this is what I already can do, uh, and and that was the absolutely the best decision of my life. Fascinating. Well, there's so much to dive into. That's really cool so far. So I want to start with, was music something that you brought to your parents? Did you insist on it or did they put you in those lessons? Did they force it on you or did you tell them this is what I'm going to do as a kid, as a small kid? I think they saw me always playing on this little organ. Yep. And I think they, they I don't know how it went, but they just said, oh, maybe you should just go on music, okay. you know, music lessons. So I, I did that. And I just fell in love with that, and I was just always playing music everywhere on on uh, wherever I could, accompany people on the piano, playing in elementary school with with my friends, uh, composing things, and um, I, I was very fortunate that my parents were always <clears throat> very supportive in you know letting me do whatever I wanted to do because they saw that I was pretty serious about it, so. Yeah, I'm very, very happy that they let me do that. That's really cool. So for the people listening at home, I'd like to point out that you're currently working for Disney so that they know that we're going to get to there from this path, which is pretty amazing. It's an amazing accomplishment for anybody. Did you feel that you had talent? Did you ever think, or did you think you were not talented as a kid? Did people around you think that you had talent? Um, I, I think that people around me, they all saw me as someone who was always creative, 
always making music, always drawing, always creating things. So I think the people around me saw that. My, my, for myself, I was just, I don't know, I didn't really care about other people at the time. Mm-hmm. I was just more focused on, uh, it came kind of naturally and I just focused on creating things and I just loved it. And I think one of the things for me, um, I think if I knew if I was talented, I think I knew that I would be able to keep growing because that's for me that's for me that's what's life about just keep growing in every aspect of life it's going to be work or personal life or anything else and and that's my my goal is just to keep growing and just improve keep improving i completely and agree I, yeah and, and i think if it comes to talent uh i i think if i would have chosen to go into space engineering or become a doctor or become an animator or something like that because I love drawing, that I would probably be equally successful as I am now mm. just because I have this drive. Mm. There's a, I have a lot of interest in, 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 uh, in, in all kinds of things. Uh, music is just a thing I, that naturally happened, but it could also be something else. I mean, I always say, say like, if... One day I wake up and I'm like, I don't like this anymore. Then I just do something else. And I find something else to put all my energy in. I mean, that's also actually one of my my goals, but we can talk about that later. But music is not the only thing I, I mean, it's the main thing, but it's not the only thing I plan to do in the future. I raise my hand on that one. That's me in a nutshell. (laughs) I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah, I've done, (laughs) I did music for a while and now I'm doing another thing. So I get it. Are you still doing music, or in some capacity? I do mix engineering for artists, like pop, uh, dance projects. Um, I also mentor some people with DJing because I got very good as a DJ. But I, I felt that I didn't have the talent as a producer, and that was what was needed for me to go forward in the dance music world. I knew I could DJ as well as anybody, but I couldn't produce as well as anybody. I couldn't play the piano or guitar or anything like that. So I felt like I was constantly bumping up against the ceiling. So I mm. wanted to do something that came more naturally to me or something that I was, let's say, better at as a kid. And I kind of went back to the roots for myself. Um, and I was always, I've always loved dance music more than life itself since I was 10 years old. Listening is still the number one thing. But right. if I look back on my talents... I was always writing funny things. I wrote plays. I was acting in plays. I wrote and acted in plays. And it was always easy for me to write a joke or say the right thing in the moment. And other people had a hard time with that. Whereas in music, I would, I'd play something. I remember I played something for my choir teacher in high school. I was like, here's an, a song I wrote. And he's like, oh, that melody is the same as this other thing that I should have known, like a Christmas song that I would... But I didn't even notice that. Or like somebody will say, oh, you're playing a B flat and that should be a, an A. I've never seen music in that way. It's, it's always been about like huh. frequencies and energy to me, never notes or chords. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's... And if you talk about talent, you know... Talent, I, I think, like, to be successful, you have to have, like, different kinds of talents. I mean, I know plenty of people that are, for example, great artists or writers. You know, could be music or, or filmmakers or, or whatever. 
but they are not successful. Successful because they maybe lack some talent of being, you know, a business person or, or mm. uh, promote themselves. Uh, so it, I, I think it has to be. You have to be successful. You have to have a certain mix of different talents that will make you successful. And the actual thing, in my case, music is might not even be the most important thing. It has to like mm. meet a certain threshold. Mm-hmm. But uh, above that, it also comes to other other skills you have to have. Right. And obviously for you, that threshold is very high. If you're composing for Disney, you've reached a pretty high technical proficiency. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. But okay, let's talk about the business side because this is fascinating. I love the, the intersection of art and business, how creative people make a living and navigate those things. So you had a talent, you were in theater, which I totally understand. My best friends were from theater as well. That was my jam. I also hate being alone. I love connecting with people. I think we have a lot in common there. So you're doing this stuff, you're writing stuff for plays, you're getting all that done, and you are experiencing some small success, but it's maybe not monetary success. It's just you getting the satisfaction of, I wrote something and we're acting it out. When did you start thinking that, oh, maybe I can earn some money from this, and what was that for you? Well, when I decided to 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 pursue this career, I thought two things. One thing is like uh, uh, this is going to be really really difficult. Um, I just wanna I wanna achieve the best thing possible, and it's going to be really hard. So that's one thing that's always been in my mind uh, because sometimes it is hard. You know, in the last decade I've been here. You know, it hasn't been always. Uh, Easy and uh, but I always knew. Okay, this is just part of the journey and part of of the you know just growing and 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 I, the other thing is that that I do do want to live comfortably. Um, I don't really need much, but I don't, uh, especially in LA. Um, we were just talking about it before we recorded how expensive everything is. Yep. Um. I know I know people here in um, LA that are musicians, and they're um, they're a little older than me, and they still, you know, they're still struggling, and they still are, you know, living in in a, in a small studio. And I I was like, no, I don't I don't want that. I mean, it's one thing to want that, of course, but I really constantly think about okay, how can I make this into Turn this into a serious business mm-hmm. that I can do the things I want to do at the highest level, but also um, have a make a living out of it. Because that's the other thing. Um, if I would st- would have stayed in Holland, uh, the things I could I, I'm doing now, it's 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 really hard to to have to make a living out of uh, of this there. Mm. So what what the things that you're doing now? All right. So you talked about building a team coming out here growing, which all is really fascinating stuff, and it's exactly what I want to talk about. What kind of stuff do you feel like you can do? Well, what are you doing now? Do you have a team, first of all? I, uh, I work, um, the most of the, the, the time I work alone, but I have a, 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 t- a team of people sur- that's surrounding me mm-hmm. if I, uh, I need some help. So the moment it gets a little bit busy, 
I just have a few people that I can call right away and they can help. So I feel like this little network, it, it took me about 10 years. It's really hard <clears throat> to to find people that are like-minded, mm-hmm. uh, easy to work with, and that are really good. Mm-hmm. And I feel that I have this team now, um, finally, over the years. So uh, whenever I'm, I'm really busy, I can just call them and say, hey, I need, I need some help with this. And they know exactly how I work. I know, they know exactly what needs to be done. We don't have to talk about it much. Um, so, for example, I... Uh, f- like. For for movies, uh, normally I mix everything myself. I do everything myself. Oh, cool. But yeah, I just try to do as much as I can. But for example, if there is a or- live orchestra, or uh, and there and there's no time, I I definitely uh, delegate it to someone else, uh, like gr- a great mixer, uh, um, a friend of mine, and he uh, does that part um, and. You know when it's going to be recorded. I have orchestrators that help me. I mean, I, I basically do everything myself. But the the time lim- the time pressure is sometimes so high, that there's just no time for me to do everything mm. well. And I rather spend that time on writing. Mm. So what what is the business model then? How do you earn money? What does that look like? And in your world? Well, it is it's 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 very interesting because. Um, I, when I was young, I, and I started my 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 business as a composer or music uh, producer uh, back in Holland. I was like, okay, well, for the next couple of decades, I'm just gonna focus on my skills. I'm not gonna think about um, earning. Uh, as much as I can, or I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna make sure that I'm okay, that I can just pay the bills, that I don't have. To, I mean, I've never been in debt, uh, and I, I think that's that in itself is it's it's uh, a good accomplishment, especially here, and especially. Yes. So, but I was always very aware of like, okay, how can I just just pay all the bills, but I don't really need to make profit. I just gonna spend about like I don't know twenty years to really get this skill to really to really get the skills and 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 to really understand and and really get really good in 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 uh what I do uh, and then I thought uh, well about 20 years ago well if one day if I work for the studios then the you know the financial a part of it will 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 be take uh, you know um will be okay so and last year that finally happened um but my focus was really on the first uh yeah two decades on on mm-hmm. just getting really good uh in what I do so I did I just did anything I can uh, could do just to practice and practice and practice and I did earn some money so because you know that's what kept me alive and and it was just enough but I just did everything I can to just up my skills mm-hmm. and um and and that's sometimes I because I do a lot of um, uh, talks around the world, and and people, students come up to me and they, you know, ask questions. And and when I mention that, you know, th- that you, the first for a long time you're not going to earn that, that much, or yeah. you have to think do things for free. Uh, I remember my accountant when I was just starting in Holland. She, she thought I was crazy. Like you work for free. I said, well, yeah, that's kind of like how it works in the beginning. And that 
you know, that lets that that will lead to something else. But you have to really um, understand that I think and, and think long term. I think that's the key word because most people now they think, oh, I also want to go to Hollywood, and then they think like in three years they, they will be doing whatever big project. Sure. Um, but obviously that's not how how it works. So it's I think the keyword is long term with with goals and and um, yeah. Hmm. So are you on con- are you an employee of Disney now or do they pay you per composition or like how does that literally work for you? So uh for Disney I am a, basically a a vendor. Okay. And uh so we uh for the Minnie Mouse show I'm doing now uh yeah it's just it, it it's just a deal uh where you get paid per episode. And and there's a number like we're doing two seasons, so there's it's just a set amount. And two seasons up front, they're like, we want you to do this. Yeah, we, they contract. said like I did I did the pitch, so okay. you know I've been pitching for a very long time, and and that's also another whole world. <laughs> yeah. And I finally got got chosen to be the lead composer, and wow. uh, they said, okay, we're gonna do forty episodes. That's Congrats. and that's two seasons. So yeah, thank you, and 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 um. And they said, well, you know, per episode you get this amount. So, uh, and then I also become became a corporation um, just for tax benefits of too. Um, yep. And then I become a, became a vendor for for Disney. I also work on another Disney show where I'm writing additional music, uh, and I've, we're in the second season now. So I started that like about a year ago, um, but that I am paid by the composer. Mm. Um, because the composer got paid by Disney, so you're uh, the you're and, that guy's go to person in that scenario. Yes, you have go to yeah. people for your projects, and you are somebody else's go to person for that project. Yeah, and and cool. especially the long form uh, Disney show because Minnie Mouse. What I'm doing is uh, are shorts. They're like about um, three minutes long. Okay, uh, which sounds short, but it's a lot of work. <laughs> I but completely believe you. <laughs> yeah, the other show. I'm doing. It's called Mira Royal Detective, um, and Amrita Fass. She is the composer, and th- those shows are uh, about uh, like 20 minutes. So that's a lot more music, Whoa. and and it's almost impossible to do that on your own because it's just the the, the time pressure is so high. So like for those shows, most people, most composers have a team of, of writers. So I'm. We have like Amira. We have like we have Amrita composers, uh, me and Sh- uh, Shirley Song. So uh, yeah, we're with the three of us, and we just divide the the music. Okay. So that's a different structure um, that I get paid by the composer. I see. And then all the other, uh, like I have a company in Holland where all the European um, projects flow through, and it has to do with tax credits there, uh, and. Uh, and here with my corporation here, um, yeah, everything goes into um, all the U.S. projects, mm-hmm. and also non-European projects go to my corporation here. Interesting. Would you say that you've reached a point where you no longer have to pitch? Do they know you well enough that they come to you, or will you always have to pitch? Well, that's interesting. Uh, I'm still doing a lot of pitches. Um, okay. It's. I mean, I'm. I'm now that I'm kind of. Part of the Disney family, uh, it, it 
it does. I do get pitches that are high profile now um, that no one else gets. Mm. So that's like internally. Um, but like for example, for for Minnie Mouse, I think there were like seventy people that pitched. Uh, so what 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 a studio does, I think, is they they send out a pitch to all the agencies, and all the agencies they send it to the their composers. So they collect like a bunch of uh, demos, and then you know they just pick someone, and uh, and it's really hard. I mean, I've been doing more than 30 pitches uh, to actually get my first gig. And and it's a lot of work. Because uh, is that like a, a finished product, a couple minutes of music? What yep. is a pitch? Yeah, it, it, it depends a little bit uh, by, by the studio. But okay. for Disney, they ask you to score, to, to write music for a little, for, for an episode or for a scene. And it has to sound as good as it gets. And, and it just, um, um, it's just a lot of, just a lot of work. It's just really a lot of work. It took me more than a week uh, to to do the mini pitch, and that's just a week of unpaid um, work. And I've done that like thirty thirty times, 30 times. Uh, for the for the last five six years. And to get this gig, you had to beat out not only seventy other people, but seventy agencies with maybe many people. Is that what it was? You think? I mean. Um, Maybe yeah, more? it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy to to think uh, to think about why I got the gig. <laughs> it's sometimes also like, yeah, just the the person that listens that just has to like what you do, and um, and I still keep pitching. But I since I got that show, Disney asked me to pitch for some really high profile things that, and there were just a number of people. Inside Disney, um, that that were allowed to pitch for that. So I'm, I feel like I'm like a little step up, so I can pitch nice. for really, um, really high profile things now. That's, that's kind fantastic. of like closed off from the from the rest. Yeah. Do you um do you think that you've reached the limit of what you're able to do in terms of bandwidth, or like how much more work could you take on right now? Well. Um, that's a it's a good question because uh, I'm I'm really busy. I'm I'm finished. I'm still working on some European movies uh, right now while I'm doing the shows, uh, and and just that's because of the scheduling with the pandemic, it has been throwing everything uh, around. But um, the thing is that if you get a studio gig here, uh, at least it it pays enough to. Hire other people to help you. So, uh, I'm I'm actually pretty fast in in working. I have like I, I spend a lot of time, uh, like a lot of time, to improve my my technical skills and my setup, so I can work really really fast. Mm. Uh, and that's all. That's a whole other uh, uh, thing. So I can I can really work fast. But if it's gonna be too much, I, again I have my team. I can. Have people help, and I also help uh, um, other people. Uh, we we help each other. I just uh, a few days ago, I was helping my um, really good friend uh, Mauricio Yazigi. He's also a composer, and uh, and you know helped him spot a movie. So just and just uh, like talk about his movie, and then he helped me on on another movie. He helped me on Minnie Mouse to play guitar. So we just all. 
kind of help each other, and it's just also really it's nice. A happy to work family. With people. Yeah, it's just really nice because otherwise, you know, it it can be a little lonely sometimes. So it's nice to have this little community um, that we can all help each other. So let's talk about that real quick. Settle this for me. Mac or PC? Go. Mac. Mac all the way. See, I knew it. Somewhere out there, there's somebody listening who's going to say you're full of shit for that, but I know. Well, so, I, wh- I which used Mac? to be PC. What kind of computer? <laughs> I need, do... What was that? You must need the best, I'm imagining, with the sound libraries that you must have. You must have terabytes of sound libraries. Well, well it's it's actually not too... Well, yeah, yeah. But it's about... Uh, about two terabytes of, of samples. Okay. But um, so I I was while I was waiting for the Mac Pro to come out and that, that years ago, I bought an iMac Pro. So and then I use uh, an iMac and a MacBook Pro as slave computers. So it's all hooked up, and then I have a few other computers. But that's like my my main setup is three computers. At the same and time, that, a Mac Pro, an time, iMac, and a MacBook Pro all working at the same time. Um, yeah, an iMac Pro, an iMac, oh, I see, yes. and a MacBook Pro. So That's the iMac cool. Pro is my host. This is the main computer, and then um, everything, like all the samples, they are streamed from the other computers. So all yeah. that it's all offload. So the great thing is, I have like an insane template. I build an insane template, and I have like huge sessions. But if I look at all the performance, well, everything is. Blowing away, it's just every all the computer, all the three computers are like idling, at, at, you know, like you know, ten percent capacity. So it's like, and I wouldn't be able to if it was on one computer. So yeah. I, I really have this great system where I can do, you know, have a lot of power, yeah. uh, and it's really nicely distributed, uh, and and that's also possible because the software is, you know, gotten really better. And you're working in that. Pro Tools. I, I I work in Logic Pro. Oh, okay. Um, mm. That's my main um, uh, DAW, um, but I also use Pro Tools for deliveries and okay. sometimes to record stuff. That's so cool. Well, I mean, talk- I'm a Cubase. Yeah. I'm a, I mean, like when I started, I had PC and I had Cubase. Uh, that's where I started on the Atari. I don't know if you remember that, like long ago. Uh, then I had PC, Cubase, and then uh, when I went to school there, uh, they taught Logic. Yeah, so I, I loved Logic, and then Apple bought Logic, and then I then I made the switch. Good call. Yeah, I did the same. I, my the first version of Logic I ever bought was when it was owned by eMagic as well. Pre right. Yeah. Yep. That was. A- um, I, I think the first time I I touched the uh, software was uh, uh, Cubase on the Atari. <laughs> That's pretty old school. That's going yep. back. Yeah. Uh, 80s. Well, you, you you touched as well on okay. So the loneliness of creating now more than ever. We're seeing this, obviously, I don't know if you saw Bo Burnham's Inside, his great special on Netflix where he created an entire Netflix special from inside a room during the pandemic. The man is a genius, obviously. More and more of us have turned our music studios into content capture studios. We have cameras, we have lights, we have microphones, you have sound libraries, you have entire symphony orchestras and choirs at your fingertips that sound really great. I know you have all of these tools. So one person sitting alone in a room can do more than ever before in the history of humankind. You can score things. How do you feel that that will change? Obviously, during the pandemic, you had to do it remotely. 
Do you feel that it will just stay that way? Do you feel that you will ever have to go back to working in a physical location on these things? Well, I, for me personally, I enjoy working with other people. So I, I would Same. hope we can, we can do that. And especially when it comes to music, um, I, I love recording music. So I, I love to, not only because it sounds better, if you record a real orchestra or a band or something like that, um, because the samples are getting really good, and I also really um, try, always try to. I mean, it also took me a long time to perfect my ab- ability to 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 recreate the sound of a real orchestra. So I, I think I'm pretty close. So probably if you will hear it under a movie or something like that, then you do. Most people don't even realize that it's not live. I believe you. So, but uh, but so so the thing is that if you want to. If I want to have a better uh, result than my samples, then the the musicians have to be really good. Mm-hmm. But then the result will be will be better. But the other thing is that musicians they, they add something that I cannot add. They have their own. They give it their. They bring some extra life into it. I mean, I can I can do uh, a lot of things myself so with a lot of editing, uh, but it's also exhausting. So I rather write something and then let the musicians play, and they come up with like stuff that sure. I never thought of. Right, and and that's also just uh, the the great thing about you know working together with musicians. So I, for mm-hmm. me personally, I, I I don't think that will go away. Mm-hmm. Um, and and but that's for more high profile things. Yeah. Um, for for. You know, other than that, then I think yeah, the software is getting better and it's more accessible and affordable. Yeah. So it's in that sense, it's also easier for people to just create music. But doesn't mean that people can write better. No, there's still 20 years of work that has to go into it. Yeah, exactly. At least, or maybe a lifetime. So much stuff. Yeah, I think that's the nice thing about music. You know, it will only get better, hopefully. Yeah, I think so. I think it will. As technology improves, it'll all improve. You'll be able to do more, and your computers—you'll be able to do it all from one computer. I mean, it will get better. As I think the end of the the end of the day, it's also about your own creativity because you know you have creativity still comes you know from some yeah. someone's head, someone's mind uh, to to. Truly, come up with something new. It, it really, and you really have to think. True. <laughs> Instead of just mindlessly sitting behind software. So that, I, re- I really believe that. I believe that too. Here's an interesting question for you. I'm reading a book from William Goldman. He's one of the most famous screenwriters that ever lived. My favorite screenwriter. He wrote The Princess Bride, Ghost in the Darkness, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. All of these classic films and books. There's a book that he talks about Hollywood. I think it came out in 1996, but he made a book and it's such an excellent read, but he talks about how screwed up Hollywood basically is. And he basically talks about how impossible it is that almost any movie ever get made. There's so much that can go wrong at any time. If this happens, then the whole movie will go away. If the star backs out, the whole movie will disappear. So what role do you think luck has played in your making it this far, a random chance? I mean, I believe that you can uh, definitely create your luck, or at least create your, you know, your possibilities. Um, 
you know, they say, you know, when you, um, when opportunity meets uh, preparation, uh, and luck, it, there is some luck involved, but I, I really believe that if you really want to do something, you just keep trying it, then it will happen. A lot of people give up uh, at a certain point uh, for whatever reason. Um, but I, I think you can create um, an environment where you increase your luck, your chances of luck. I, I really believe that because uh, I've been doing everything for so long and that all led up to where I am today. And uh, sometimes things I didn't even know that would lead to something else. Um, and is there luck? Yeah, I mean, I guess there is luck, but it's also a lot of hard work behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, I always think, like, if for me, luck would be that I, I never go out, I never do anything, and I sit at home, and then the phone rings, and then, yeah, this is Disney, do you want to score a movie? <laughs> right. So that's luck for me. But... Yeah, I, I, I think I really believe that hard work and, and persistence that will increase your luck. <laughs> Absolutely. So what is the most unusual turn your career has taken? Or what's the most surprising or unusual thing that's happened along the way to here? I think... I think it is move, moving here because it took me a while to actually um, think about like, okay, I'm going to go to LA. I'm just going to, you know, pursue it there and study there. It took me about, I don't know, a year or more to really think about it. And I didn't really know if that was the right thing to do. But by doing that, that really changed everything. And the interesting is, thing is that it changed other things than I thought it would be um, changing. Uh, I thought, okay, I'm just going to do the music. But my whole view on life has changed. I look very differently um, at, at Holland and Europe right now. And that's just because um, so many people from all around the world come here to LA so I made so many friends from other cultures. So you you learn a lot about other cultures and how other things are, and and uh, and and that it just changes your view on the world. And for me, oh, that was wait, very positive. The audio cut out. Hold on. Uh, say something. There. Um, do you hear me? Oh, you learn yeah, about think- you learn about audio, uh, other cultures and how things are. That's where it cut out. Right. Can you still see me? Because your your um. A little. I can see you, but um, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't see anything. I just didn't hear you for a little while. Am I still? I'm oh, chopping. Weird. I'll make no, note. now you're good. Okay. Somewhere in my, I'll make a quick note to make an edit real quick. All right. Go ahead if you can. We'll try. Yeah, and I have the audio here as well. Great. You, uh, yeah. So uh, where were we? So you learned a lot about other cultures and how people do things. And you said you were seeing the Netherlands in another way, and you want me to repeat that? Uh, you can go on from explain what you learned with other cultures, or how you've changed your viewpoint. You can go, just start there. Okay. 
by by being here and meeting so many people from all around the world, uh, I have friends from everywhere. Uh, it, it really changed my view on how I look at the world and uh, also like how I look back in uh, back to Holland and and Europe. Uh, you know, you grow you grow up in um, a culture, and that becomes the normal thing. If you get out of it, and suddenly you're thrown into a different culture, and you meet people from other cultures, then you just have a very broader view of life itself. You learn to appreciate things more. You understand um, things better. I mean, that's what, for me that was definitely the case. Um, so it, it's really that maybe that was maybe the the most interesting thing. Uh, not even the music, just like... You learn to love tacos, taco trucks. <laughs> you can't exactly. live without Mexican food now, I guarantee yeah, now, you. <laughs> what? Exactly. Do you ever see yourself going back or you say, I'm going to be here as long as possible? I, things are going well and, and you know, while things are going well, uh, I, I tend to stay here. Um, I wouldn't say I'll never go back, but at this point, I don't see myself um, going back to Europe. Um, I mean, I love Europe. I'm, I'm from there, but the opportunity opportunities are so huge here. And um, you know, I've been doing this for a while, and now, like, if I got my first studio gig, and and this is for me, this is just the beginning. Yeah, it now sounds it's, like now it. it really now it really is gonna start, and now I'm like, okay, now I'm in, and now. Finally, I can start start my career, even though I've been doing this for, for I completely years. understand. You've been working this hard to get to the point of a career. And I think a lot of people are right. doing that. I think myself included. You know, I'm working at the moment to build another career. But I wouldn't say that I'm at the front door. You're at the front door, it seems. And the next step is what? Hans Zimmer? Is that the target? You're you're one of those kinds of composers? Or I mean the next the, the, my goals are 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 yeah, I wanna I wanna work on 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 Star Wars, and uh, you know I wanna write that music and and Marvel, uh, or you know big movies. I mean that's what I grew up with, and and that was my aim because yeah I wanna just do the best thing I can, and um, and and now like by getting into Disney, it, it definitely was like a confirmation for me that okay well this is clearly it's working yeah it is so, you're you're close and, you're getting and, there yeah and and um because you know people say like in LA they say well um you know I went to school here in 2010 and then and they, the teacher said well you know don't give up too 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 fast just look at look at your look at everything in 5 years from now so um so five year, five years went by, and then I was still, you know, I'm just doing a lot of European uh, projects because that's I still had that going while I was here. It kept me alive here. And then after five years, I was like, well, yeah, things are going okay. And then I, uh, an agency, a big agency, approached me to represent me, and I was like, wow, okay, well, this is like like a a catalyst, the, you know, for me to yeah. to to okay, yeah, this prophecy is was you know, maybe foretold. I sh- yeah, because I was like, well, I don't know, should I stay here or not? Because at one, what point, if things are not improving, are you going to say, well, I tried it, didn't really work out, go back? I mean, that's hard to know, because one point 
you know, one part is like, yeah, you want to keep trying until something happens, but you also don't want to wait too long. And then, and you yeah, end up I, broke, I, and you're 50 exactly. years old, and you say, "What did I do with my life?" So, in a, in a weird way, five years ago or six years ago, uh, I yeah, this this agency, I actually always wanted to be with that agency where I'm now. They approached me, and they wanted to help my career. Um, so I was like, okay, well, this is a good, good sign that at least I'm not, uh, <laughs> um, not not bad or something like that. No. And so, and that took about, and then five years later, uh, I got into the studio. So it it really, I really, I really see the progress. Mm. And it, and again, it's it's a long term thing. You have to, and it goes up and down, but. In, in the grand scheme, things go up, but it's, um, yeah, as, as, as long as I can just do the things I, I love here, I, I would want to definitely want to stay here. I completely agree with you. I understand that. And yeah, you're, you're so close. I mean, sure, you do Disney for a while, but then you're, you do these little things. That's a, you're a hop, skip, and a jump, as we say, from getting just that one bigger project. Or you do a movie, and that movie breaks through. You just got to get one of those things, and you're so close. And then, and, I, and then you'll be inviting us to the premiere, and then it'll exactly. all be good, right? <laughs> so I, I mean, for it. me, it, it's funny because you know when I started pitching about five years ago, I got, so I got the agency, uh, my agent, and they started sending me pitches because otherwise, it's hard to get those pitches. It all goes through the agency. So I did my first pitch. It was for DreamWorks, and I was super excited, and I didn't get it. And I was like, oh, okay, well, and then the next the next one I didn't get, and the next one I didn't get, and the next one I didn't get. And um, so I was like, I wanted to make a point. One, one second. I forgot what I wanted to go to say. <laughs> um, the age, or the timing, ten year, five years, ten years. Agency, catalysts. Yeah. DreamWorks, okay, a bigger picture. You'll, you'll you'll get so, a bigger picture. That's a success. Yeah. No. So so okay. I'll start again. Okay. Um, so when I uh, when the agency approached me, I started to get the pitches from them, and I did my first one. Uh, it was for DreamWorks, and I didn't. I did a lot of work on that pitch, and I then I didn't get end up getting getting the pitch. So I was a little disappointed, and then it. Did the next one, I didn't get that. The next one, didn't get, and so forth. So after like 10, I was like, okay, well, I'll just keep doing them. And I asked my agent, is this, you think this is really going to work? And he said, well, yeah, don't worry about it. Just, it's a matter of time. It's really, you know, just a numbers game. So I got, a few times I got really close. I was like the last two. Um, and I... Didn't didn't get that, and I was super disappointed at the time. But when I got uh, my mini show, um, if I look back, I, I think this is the best show I can ever hmm. uh, have because it's you know it's like the the old legacy of Disney. Uh, so I'm I feel true. very honored and very uh, you know special to actually make that's music so for Mickey and Minnie. Mouse uh, and 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 that's um, so it, it's in a weird way. I mean, I guess you can always say that if you're looking back. But it, it 
everything happens at the right moment. Um, uh, yeah, it took me about 30-something pitches to get to the Disney one, but now I have it. And it's the best thing I could have wished for. So cool. And so, yeah, it, it's... it's um, it is really interesting. So it's interesting how those things go, but I also, because of that, like looking at my career in the last 20 years, I really um, like trust that everything will, will work out. So I just keep doing it. Uh, things don't really work out at the moment. Okay, just go on to the next one. And it will work out. I mean, that's my experience, even though sometimes it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just trust that things will happen at the time they should happen. How do you think that, uh, we'll, we'll get into the final bits here, thank you for everything, how do you think that somebody who has been grinding for a long time and they're not seeing those results, how do you think they can feel in the moment when they need to keep working day in, day out, how do you think that they can have that trust before they have those kinds of outward signs or validation? I think one of the most important things is what I learned is that you have to feel like happy um, and in the moment. Um, it can be a little like if you do music and being here, it can be a little intense. I've been, I've been, you know, you work like crazy, and you're basically miserable because you're working so hard. You never get rest. You never go out in the world or do things uh, just to get to 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 obsessively have like pursue this goal that seems to constantly uh, go further into the distance. Mm-hmm. And I've been there. I mean, I've been here and, and working like crazy. I didn't really do anything else. And it just made me kind of miserable. And I was like, you know, I don't want that. I just want to pursue the career, but I also want to feel good. So, because at the end of the day, you know, after, you know, like if you then finally kind of get there in 10 or years or 15 years, I mean, was it really worth to feel miserable for 10 years to kind of like get to the next step? I mean, I don't think so. Uh, but that's a really difficult thing to realize and it took me years. But um, that's my view right now. It's like, I I, I want to just feel, you know, good, whatever I do. Um, even if this the show I'm doing now is the last show I will ever do, uh, for whatever reason, I still want to feel you know, good and and happy because that's in the end of the day. That's it's about how you feel, and um, that's. I th- I think that that's number one. You have to feel um, happy, and I think also if you kind of let it go, all that stress and all that uh, that you want something, other things will happen. I mean, that's kind of what I felt. Um, I was at some point, at a certain point, I was really stressed about, okay, I want to, now I want to really win a pitch. And then I kind of, you know, pitch number 20, I was like, you know what, I'll just do them. I probably don't get it. But <laughs> right. it just made my well, life do so it much. Yeah, yeah, I do it I anyways. It. it just made my life so much, I get it. you know, relaxed. Hmm. That's and the that's the other, the other thing. The other thing is like what we talked about earlier a little bit is that. I know that music, it's it. That's that's not on the only thing I want to do because um, I also want to do other stuff later, um, which I finally can, you know, start thinking about. Um, 
What that kind has, of stuff? Um, well, I wanted to... I don't know exactly how, but I wanted to um, give education to uh, kids maybe in, in India or poor countries, maybe with music, music-related. Um, so I'm working on those plans. That's great. Um, I love that. Be- and 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 it's interesting because because of the pandemic, when a pandemic hit, and I was just here alone, I was thinking about you know my life and everything. It's like, yeah, I'm pretty happy, but the music career is not the only thing that's gonna make me fulfilled because it's just stressful and and uh, at the end of the day, it's just you know you just you just making a movie. I mean, you know, it's not to minimize it, but. Um, I think the fulfillment really comes if you really help other people. Uh, and by even thinking of that, my whole music career suddenly relaxed or something like that. Because mm. it's, you know, if you're only focused on one thing, it can be really tense. And it's like, oh, it's the only thing I have. I mean, that's what I kind of had my whole life. Like, music is the only thing I have. I need to succeed in that. And otherwise, I, there's nothing else. I don't really think about it like that necessarily, yep. but I yep. think a lot of people, like this is the only thing I have. Yeah, um, I felt that before, since, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so by having this other idea, which I can develop now uh, by, you know, ha- having to reach this goal in my music career, um, it, it, the music career also relaxes a little bit more. Mm. It doesn't become this obsessive, it's not an all-encompassing intense, thing. Exactly, yeah, and and that's and that makes me just feel better. Sure. Because oh yeah, music is going to be still the number one thing, but that will that will go. And there's more uh, to life. Continue. Than there's that. more to life. And you know that. And also by being here in LA. Uh, with a kind of a business mind, because I think that's the other thing. You know, you have to have a business mind to to work in in the entertainment industry. Um, that there's more possibilities to do other things beside that career too. So yeah. I, I do really believe that those two things are going to make uh, give me all the fulfillment I want. Sounds good. Well, I want. I have one parting question for you. We've covered so much ground. Really awesome. I mean, I think your story is incredible, and I know a lot of people will as well. And you also get the distinct sense that your story is just beginning, which is really cool. I think in five months yeah. we'll do it again, and I don't know what's right. going to happen, but it's going to be very different. I have a feeling um, in a good way. What do you think just, you know, I want to end on a profound piece of wisdom here. What do you think the path to happiness is? You can cut out that silence. Or maybe not. This is going to be the clip. It's just silence. Like, like, there you go. I don't know. (laughs) If I knew, I wouldn't be asking all the questions, right? (laughs) I'd be telling you. Yeah. That's funny. What is the path of happiness? Um, I think the path of happiness is to, to do what you love, um because you know time goes by so fast that if you if you look back I, I really if i want if i look back i really want to look back and say well this is the 
I, I always been doing what I loved. And I just didn't want to do anything else. Mm. Um, and maybe that's not not everyone is in that maybe that position to to do that. But I do think you can change things. Um, change is difficult. A lot of people don't want to change. But if you're unhappy, change something. Um, because it can it can take a while. It can be scary change, but in the end, or in the end, like it will will improve, and time goes by fast. Another five, you know. I always look at myself like, where you know, what what do I want to, where would I want to be in five years or ten years? And then before I know, those five years are gone. Yeah. And 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 the trap is not to think about that and let those five years go by. Yeah. And then suddenly you're like, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, I had those plans. But I always constantly aware, and always asking myself, oh, is this still, is this still what I like to do? Is this still, yeah. I'm, st- if I'm still, am I still happy? Then, and yeah, I think that's that's a very important thing to evaluate how you feel. Mm-hmm. So good, so good. Well, there's been a lot of knowledge bombs here. Um, again, thank you for agreeing to do this. It's uh, truly a pleasure to hear your story. Uh, I want people to be able to find, where can we see this show? Or maybe tell a little bit about where they can find your work. I'm sure you have an IMDB page that they can look up. What would you yeah. like people to see so that they can see what you're up to? Or I mean, obviously they can follow you, we'll put up your handle, but whatever you want to promote, please go ahead. Well, I obviously have a website. It's uh, vichaybiraput.com. And uh, I have like all the social media uh, outlets like Instagram, Facebook, so people can follow me there. Um, the Minnie Mouse show is currently on the Disney uh, Channel uh, right now, um, and there are several movies out there in in theaters uh, now. They're opening up and festivals, so yeah, it's it's basically everywhere. But if you Want to follow me? And you can just uh, look me up on social media or my website. Fantastic. Well, that is wonderful. Uh, We'll put all the stuff there. Um, I think unless you have anything else, I'll end it here. Thank you again, and we'll call it the podcast officially over. Thank you so much for listening to the Beat the Off and Path podcast. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. I know I'm going to be thinking about it for a very long time. If you have enjoyed these programs, understand that it takes a lot of work to put them together, to bring the guests out, to do all the stuff, to edit it, to make the video. You can't even imagine what it takes to put a single one of these out. You can help me support this by liking, commenting, sharing, subscribing on Apple Podcasts, rating it five stars, leaving a nice review, subscribing on YouTube, following on Instagram at The Ross Palmer, doing anything that will help it grow, letting a friend know maybe there's somebody on this show that you think somebody should hear from, send them my way so that we can help grow this thing. Again, I want you to be a part of this. It's something that we can grow together. So with that, I really appreciate you being here and listening to the end. So thank you very much from the bottom of my heart, and I will see you in the next episode.